Well, good morning and welcome to Washington Baptist Church Online. This, of course, is the first time for me and certainly the first time for our church family at Washington. We're living in unprecedented times and we're trying to navigate ourselves through the challenges of the coronavirus crisis that we face. But I am grateful that we have the technology to do this and exceptionally grateful for two young men, James Coker and Luke Martin, who are capable and they're willing and they're here with me right now to make this happen. And so I want to encourage everyone to send them either a text or an email or something on Instagram or Facebook, maybe even a simple call, and just let them know how much you appreciate their ministry to our church. Now, as I shared with you earlier this week, we are monitoring this thing daily. We're trying to follow the president's lead and what the guidelines are of the CDC. And so at the moment, we continue to suspend all activities of the church and through at least next Sunday. But to be perfectly honest with you, I anticipate that we're going to have to extend this even further. How far? I don't know. But until then, we want to continue in every way possible and with responsibility to serve and to minister, reach out to people as well, and stay engaged with one another using every uh, device that we have, every venue we can use to be able to be able to communicate and stay strong and courageous together as the body of Christ. And so it's very important that everybody continue to uh, support the church and give for the work of the church. Uh, we want to stay vibrant. We want to be able to respond to every unique opportunity, even in this crisis that God sets before us. And when all of this comes back to normal, we want to be ready to hit the road running. And so you can give online. You can go to our webpage, WashingtonBaptistChurch.org. And then on the homepage, up at the top, you can click Give Online and just follow the instructions. Or, of course, you can send your tithes and offerings directly by mail to the church. But we do want to be able to stay strong. We want to be able to continue to serve and uh, continue to grow, even our love. Even though we're in different places, even this morning, uh, we can be of one heart and one spirit as we spend this time together. So I want us to have a word of prayer on asking God to bless our study in his word. And then uh, I hope you'll join me by opening up your Bibles or using your phone or your pad or your computer. We want to get into the word of God together. So join me as we pray together right now. And so, Father God, we come in the name of our Lord and our Savior, the one sitting at your right hand, the Lord Jesus. And we thank you that we live in a time that even though we're in different places, we're still together. We're together because your spirit within us makes us one. And the fact that with this technology, we can still be in the word of God together. So we're asking you, Lord, to speak. We ask you, Lord, to give us ears to hear. We need a word from you. We need encouragement. We need edification. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would guide me. Just establish the words upon my lips as I share the word that you've laid upon my heart. And I thank you for this and ask for this, Lord Jesus, in your mighty and righteous name. Amen. So take your Bibles and let's look in Psalms 34 together. 
And uh, the word the Lord has laid upon my heart is to answer a question. And here's the question. How does living faith respond to a crisis? Uh, obviously, every single one of us uh, have already been impacted. We're going to continue to be impacted by the uh, coronavirus crisis that is before us. And the question as followers in Christ is, how do we respond to that? Now, I know what our standard response is. I'm going to trust the Lord through this. And we can say that and be totally sincere with it. But we can also say that and really just be giving faith lip service because the truth of the matter is we got a lot of anxiety on the inside. We got fear that we're dealing with. And so even though we're given the standard response, what's expected of us, the truth of the matter is it's not the same on the inside. It's kind of like when people ask you, how are you doing? And we respond, I'm doing fine. And again, that may be true. It also may be that we're just given the standard expected response, and on the truth, we're overwhelmed, we're dealing with a challenge, we're dealing with a crisis, it may be even right now the coronavirus crisis, or maybe a crisis of our own making. And so we're only giving lip service to our answer, not being true to what's really happening on the inside. Well, David was a man who dealt with a lot of crises in his life. And as he was writing Psalms 34, uh, he was dealing with a crisis at that time. He was actually running for his life. But he responded in a way that gives us insight. What does living faith look like? I'm talking about faith in action. Not just giving faith lip service, but real faith in action. Well, David gives us insight to that. There are three things that was true of his life that should be true of our life if we are also living by faith. So I want to share these with you. First of all, as we look in Psalms 34, notice that it's going to involve our worship. Here's what David uh, writes in verse 1. He begins by saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. And then in verse 3, he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. So David, even in the midst of crisis, was saying, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to praise him, and I'm going to extol him. In other words, it didn't matter if it was good times, if it was bad times, or the ugliest of times. One of the things you find true of David in all of his psalms, and then when you study his life, is that he was always sincerely worshiping and praising the Lord. And that may seem a little radical to you, especially when you think about the bad times or the ugliest of times. Or even right now with the coronavirus challenges we face, and maybe some of you have already been laid off. You've already lost your job. You're wondering what you're going to do, and you're saying, let's worship God, let's, let's praise the Lord, let's exalt the Lord. Exactly, that is what I am saying. Because you see, worship is the greatest expression of faith that we have in the Lord. And when we sincerely worship him, it moves the omnipotent hands of God on our behalf. I want to remind you of King Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And he found himself in a situation where... um, Three other nations had come together. It was going to come against his people. 
It was three to one. There was no way for him to actually win this battle. But the Lord sent him out anyhow. And as he sent his army out to fight, he put the choir in the front. He put the singers in the front. And the scripture tells us that when they began to exalt the Lord and they began to praise and worship the Lord, then God responded and totally destroyed the enemy himself on their behalf. And so they had this incredible victory. That is the key to the power of worship when we come to him, even in the good times, the bad times, or the ugliest of times. Now notice that he says in the latter part of that verse, which I think is fascinating, he says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. On one hand, we think about our hearts being filled with joy and our hearts be feeling, being filled with praise and and uh, just rejoicing in Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. To say that we have a song in our heart for the Lord. But it's another thing to say that his praise is in our mouth. What does that mean? Well, that means we are expressing that joy. That means we are outwardly expressing that praise. We're testifying of uh, the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the grace of God and the glory of God as we are experiencing in our life. On Sunday night, we've been doing a study together called Define. After seeing the movie Overcomer, we began the study on, on who does God say that we are. A key part of the video we see every night is they have someone sharing a testimony, testifying of what God has done in their hearts. And so that gives us hope. When we hear what God has done in somebody else's life, it gives us hope and that if God can do that in their life and will do that for them, then he will also do it for us as well. And so it's so important for us to verbally testify of the goodness and the grace and the great and the glory of our Lord. It gives hope to others. Now, parents, listen to me for just a moment. It breaks my heart that we're having to deal with the reality of this uh, coronavirus crisis and, and people are hurting and people are losing their lives. But because our life has been disrupted and because our children's lives have been disrupted with uh, the decisions that are made in school, in a very unique way, you have a great opportunity here. You've got their attention because their lives have been turned upside down. So here's an opportunity. Parents, listen to me. Here's an opportunity for you to teach them how to handle crises in their life, challenges in their life. They're just getting started, and they're going to face a lot of challenges, and who knows what crisis will be out there. If they can learn, no matter where, in the good times and the bad times and in the ugliest of times, that they can worship the Lord, and that will move his hand on their behalf this is what you need to be teaching them and testifying to them. That's how important this is. And so when we talk about living faith, what does that look like? It's going to involve, first of all, our worship. But notice second, as we look in verse 2 of Psalms 34, that it's not only going to involve our worship, it's also going to involve our witness as well. David goes on to say, My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. 
In other words, David's kind of keeping that same theme, that same thought about being verbal, about sharing how good and great and glorious God is in their lives. But that word boast is very unique because it's not only talking about just saying it, it's talking about that experience. Like we have an experience that's so great, so wonderful, that we can't hold it in, that we just want, we're going to explode if we don't have an opportunity to tell somebody what has happened in our lives. That is what he's talking about here. David is saying, I want to boast in the Lord. I want to testify greatly to the Lord and to a very specific group of people. And he defines that in that verse. He says, to those who are humble of heart. He says, the humble will hear it and rejoice. So the question is, well, who are the humble? The humble are those whose hearts are open to the Lord. Those who are open to hearing the gospel, uh, hearing the testimonies of what God has done in somebody's life, learning who Christ is, learning uh, of what he did for them. Those who have ears to hear and they're searching and they're, they're open to hear what the Lord has to say. The only way that they're going to know that is that we are boasting of the Lord. But here's the problem, and listen carefully to me. You see, there's another group of people, and those are the hard-hearted. And the hard-hearted, no matter how much we boast and how uh, clearly we testify and the excitement they see, they're going to reject what we are testifying to them about, our boasting in the Lord. They rejected Jesus in his earthly ministry and retaliated against him. They will reject us and what we're sharing about Christ, even in this crisis right now and the incredible challenges we face, and they may retaliate verbally. But here's the problem, and I think one of the sins of of believers today is that we're so fearful of the hard-hearted. We're so afraid of being rejected by them and maybe retaliated against verbally by them that we sell our lips. And so by sealing our lips and not testifying at all and not boasting of our Lord, even the humble whose hearts are ready are not hearing the word and they're not hearing about Christ. And so even though their hearts have been made ready by the Lord himself and the power of his spirit, they're not getting the gospel that they need to hear and want to hear. Because when they hear it, David says they will rejoice and be glad of the good news that they are hearing. What we need to do is to be open and testify, even in this crisis, about the Lord in our life. How good he is, how great he is, how glorious he is in our life. And there'll be someone's going to say to you on some occasion, what's up with you? And when they ask that question, then we're reminded then of what uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, and uh, in verse 15, where he says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and with reverence. And so when someone asked, we have to be ready, and we got to be willing to share that good news with them. And so when we talk about living faith, 
uh, at a time of crisis and at a challenge. What does that look like? It's going to involve our worship, and it's going to involve our witness, and then it's going to involve our walk as well. Listen to what David said in, in verse 4 uh, of our text together here in Psalms 34. He said this, he wrote this, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. David says, I sought the Lord. James says something very familiar. In James chapter 4 and in verse 8, the very first part of that verse, he says, draw near to God. Now, those two statements, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, has a common denominator, and that is that the one that is speaking is taking the initiative. David says, I sought the Lord. James says, draw near to God. David says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from my fear. James says, draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to you. What are we talking about? We're talking about walking with the Lord. We're talking about talking with the Lord, having that daily continuous communion with him in the midst of this crisis because we need him close and we want him close and he desires for us to seek after him in these things. It reminds us of, again, that verse out of Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 29 and, and in verse 13, where it says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God wants to help you. God wants to bless you. God wants to lavish his goodness upon you, his all-sufficient grace. No matter what this crisis has brought into your life up to this point or what it may bring later, God desires, the Lord desires to be a central part of helping you through whatever. It can be a valley of, of pain or it can be a valley of praise or a mountain of praise. It doesn't matter. It could be a crisis. It could be a challenge. It could be a time of peace in your life. But the Lord says, I want to walk with you and I want to talk with you. I need you to take the initiative. I need you to seek after me, and I will answer you, and I will deliver you. I will draw near to you when you draw near to me. So I want to leave you with the challenge that uh, David left us in verse 8 of Psalms uh, 34. And he says this. He says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So, taste him. See that he is good. Try him out through worship, through your worship, through your witness, and through your walk. And you'll find that all the strength that you need, all the resources you need, he will be your high tower. He will be your place of refuge. He will be your mighty fortress. He will be your strength. He will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. So let's respond with living faith, not just giving faith lip service. Yes, we may mean it when we say, I'm going to trust the Lord through it, but let's truly do it through worship, 
through our worship, through our witness, and through our walk. I'm going to close in a minute and just with uh, a word of prayer. And after that, there will be a link that you can uh, tap on that's going to play a beautiful song that's going to help us continue to put our trust and our faith in the Lord. Join me in prayer. So, Father God, we thank you for this incredible word that uh, you have given us through David. He was in a crisis, and yet he worshiped and he witnessed and he walked with you through it all. Thank you, Lord, that that gives us direction as well. And may it be that the whole church family right now can draw upon that as we draw upon the comfort of one another, as we draw upon the testimonies of one another, and that no matter what is before us, however long this crisis lasts, we will come away strong and courageous, that we'll come away, Lord, seeing the works of your hand in our lives and through our lives, and we give you the glory for it. Lord, bless my church family. I love them, Lord, and all my love, though, doesn't compare to your love for them. So, Lord, as we continue to love one another and minister to one another, Lord God, you be glorified and exalted. We're going to bless you at all times and boast of your goodness in our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you and his favor be upon you.